Welcome back to Unscripted Exchanges. I'm Cole, one of your hosts, Cole Hazenfield. And, and I'm Hayden Huber. What is this? Episode four, five? I think this is this is four. Don't 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 test my memory, okay? Because I already screwed that up a couple of times. I think it's four. Episode four. So it's episode four, volume four. We're only getting better with each and every one. Oh, it's like fine wine, right? Is that what they say? Fine wine? Yes, sir. I don't I usually drink the cheap wine, so. We're gonna to get to that, like like gas station wine. Gas station wine, yeah. Right, like, hey, I mean, hey, it's like the sixteen dollars for two. Yeah. You're a baller on a budget, as I said. Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio. Hey, that's know? not what we're talking about today. But yeah, I'm a Pinot. You're Pinot talking Noir to fan. the wrong person if you want to talk booze. That's just not my forte. We'll have to bring on a guest. <laughs> yeah, I've been out of the game way too long. Yeah, well, shout out to my mom. She introduced me to Pinot Noir. So shout out, mom. Uh, anyways, today we're going to get into some spicy, some spi- saucy, spicy, saucy, spicy, like spicy mayonnaise, saucy and spicy, saucy and spicy. I don't know, but it's going to be good. Well, stuff. we want to talk about business. Okay. Right. We want to talk about, uh, a business is a very broad term here, but, and that's going to be like a, a theme. That's probably like, that's co- what I would say we are, I'm not going to say experts in, at least for me, I never like to tell someone that I'm an expert because I'm continually learning, but it's something that we know the most about. Oh, we're definitely passionate. And, and I think, that's where we've put in the most time. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, well, I think, I think, well, maybe you, I've got two daughters, so I think it's a split, but I think at our, our, our phases in our lives, our careers and business and what we're, what we're trying to achieve in that aspect is something that's like a part. I mean, you hear this, the terms like, right. You spend more time working on your career unless you've, just like falling on a lottery, you're spending a lot of your time working towards career ambitions. And those tie into like, if, if those can line up with your life, that's like the ideal way. So that's something that we, we know we've got experience in, we've got, we've got backgrounds in um, and it's, it's intertwined into everything that, that a lot of what we're doing these days and some of the goals and ambitions we've got. So we wanted to spend I, this episode talking, talking to that a bit. I, I think business is everything, right? Business is life, to be honest. It, it, well, it is, and it isn't. So, I mean, business is what runs the world. Well, yeah, but, but you're talking to a dad of two. Well, you're, you're right. You're, you're taking my words maybe a little bit too literally or a way that I want to yeah, take you them, said but I, I see where you're going. But yeah, I'm saying that everything in the world that involves people is some form of like uh i I would say a business it is and it is and we could even go down the rabbit hole of uh you know i'm I'm very interested in how business is done globally so in different countries and different cultures yeah we're going to go a rabbit hole that but you said you're saying so so transactional versus personal and that's a whole conversation I could really educate you on there. Yeah, I, I know you Not know that a, a lot more than I do uh, when it comes to international business. But did you see recently that uh, someone sold a NFT? And I, I literally know nothing about NFTs. I guess nothing's probably not true, but I know very little. But someone sold literally a JPEG image that says the word test. For like two hundred and sixty or two hundred and seventy thousand so, dollars. Yeah, and I'm like, are you kidding? How do I jump on that bandwagon? Did someone grab that from your paint save folder or I don't something? Because it, it, it wasn't was, even good handwriting. No, exactly. No, it was not even good. Okay, so this is this is that's that's absolutely crazy. Non fungible tokens. I still don't really understand. Like NFT non fungible. tokens. We need an expert on. Dude, they're huge. They're huge. That's I mean, the next big thing. It, it's here. It's people are just like 
banking, I mean, test. But people are literally getting on the paint application on their computers and literally spelling words or just making some really basic stuff and selling it for an astronomical amount of money. What is the, I think the, to educate our listeners, I did a little bit of, of research on NFTs. Okay. And it's, I don't understand enough of how this works. So we're going to have to have an expert on, but I know it's like, it's something to do with the blockchain. Like it, it's something to do with, the blockchain and, and how you knew more than I did when you knew what the actual acronym yeah, stood so for. So I'll tell you this: it's it's a this is kind of neat, but it's it's using blockchain to create something that's not replicable. So like you know, like a Monet, uh, a piece of Monet art, you can't you can duplicate, you can copy it, but you can't ever make that same piece. So with digital art, you can't. Re- you can't replicate a non-fungible token as, as from what I understand, what I read. I think we definitely need an expert on. We do. Yeah. Because we, we, we'll, we'll be talking spe- about things that we, we, we don't yeah. really know too much about. And yeah, I mean, it, it's it's fascinating. I, I'm intrigued by the amount of money that people are, are making off of stuff that, you know, doesn't seem like Have you seen the monkey smoking cigarettes? Yeah, I, ha- I have seen that. I, I mean, that, they're kind of funny, but uh, yeah, they're I, selling millions of dollars. I, I, I just, yeah, I don't fully get it. And I'd love to have an expert on that can uh, educate us and uh, others on what the heck it is and how you would get involved in it. Because we certainly don't know enough NFTs about it. NFTs for dummies. Yeah, and we could be the dummies. Maybe we could uh, write a book on that or something. And, and, I'm sure and, there's already a book out there. Yeah, though, but... NFTs for dummies. It yeah. just got released. Hey, I mean, if you're willing to, you know, just get on uh, your computer, scribble, and uh, sell it for money, then uh, it sounds like you can be pretty successful. With capitalism. That. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Isn't that what's great about our country, though? Like about business in general, is the capitalistic nature of it. I am one thousand percent. And I know you're that. super passionate about that because it's like. What better way than to be able to go, okay, how can I make money? And that's a perfect example. How can I, and, 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 and don't get us wrong here when we say, in my opinion, isn't money doesn't, you know, you hear the saying, well, money doesn't bring happiness. I'm a big believer in like, as long as you manage your money, right. And as long as you stick to the same morals we talked about in our last episode, which you should, you should go listen to, you know, if you've got a, a good center, uh, capitalism and making more money can absolutely Big, big, big opinion here can absolutely make life better. It can certainly influence your, it your, it absolutely your outlook on life. Yeah. And capital- there's nothing wrong with that. No, exactly. Capitalism is a great thing here uh, in the United States and just other parts of the entire world. But you're basically going out and trying to make a living for yourself and your family. And at the same time, you can help other people uh, earn a living for themselves and their family, which and, is beautiful. And the beauty of it is, is you can latch on to something that might be really passionate about or brings out your creativity or uh, something that you you just dreamed of your entire life. And you can you can find a way to make money doing it. So I, I think there's a billion different ways that you can make money. I mean, we just talked about NFTs and, you know, we're still learning about that. But I also saw recently, which is just completely crazy. But I guess if there's a buyer out there, you know, you can sell almost anything, whether or not that I would be willing to do that. But I saw a lady selling her flatulence, like farts for in money. a jar. Yeah, for money. Uh, like who would in their right mind ever come up with that business model and want to sell that. And on the flip side, who would buy that? (laughs) How would you be able to verify like the fart was in there? That's a great question. So that's where my brain went is like, you know, 
you, you always like that's like the funny joke like catch the fart and throw it at something i guess when you're kids right but like how do you so you're like you're telling me like what are there different like do you get asparagus farts? Do you get like? Do you get, I, I, I guess she was basically, and it was a female that was doing this. Would yeah, bottle them up in a jar, and she probably named them based on like what she had for, <laughs> uh, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, like the eggs for my, my question is like, as a end consumer, like who's searching for bottled farts on like Google, like. Who wants that? Where could you that? buy that too? Like, I mean, if you were a retailer, would you carry that at like five below? All I know is she made a astounding amount of money. I think the article said over like two hundred thousand dollars in a year. But the thing is, she ended up having that's, some. That's crazy margins, it, though. It, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's the margins are crazy. nuts, right? Exactly. But I think she did have a uh, a health issue. Um, she had some, you know, stomach issues or pain and she went into, uh, the, the doctor and basically they, they told her that, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, a healthy thing to do and wasn't a viable business model to keep bottling up, uh, you know, her, her flatulence. Maybe she was just eating a ton of White Castle. <laughs> I mean, she was loading the gun. I mean, if you were, uh, doing this for a living, like what would you eat to, uh, you know, let things rip and look at that. That's another one. Yeah. Let it rip. Oh, you better be counting. You better recount it. Yeah, whoever's got that uh, total count uh, gets a gift from us. Do you think her life's motto was let it rip? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Literally let it rip. But seriously, I guess you got to be consuming like White Castle, um, just some really probably unhealthy food. I got to think about some like beans. What, what would I, beans, definitely. A you have to, like, beans. like refried beans. Yeah. For sure. Like, like a, a lot of them. Like a bowl cottage every cheese. like two hours. Cottage cheese. Oh my goodness. Definitely something that wasn't good to do. And no. I think she found out pretty quickly, but I guess she did it long enough to make over what? $200,000. I just, I, I can't believe it. But again, it goes back to the whole point. Would of, you sell your farts if you can make that much money? No. No, yeah, I just I have certain principles in life, and that's, that's <laughs> that, that crosses that yeah, line. It does cross that line. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna be, uh, even though it sounds like I'm judging. Like if that's what she or you guys want to do, go ahead and do it. But I'm not doing that. Like <laughs> yeah, another question you could ask me is like, do I want to get involved in pornography or something? Like that. That's of course like a right. You a can make a ton of money do it, but that's but just I'm not, not what I. Yeah, it's exactly. not what I want to do. Yeah. Exactly. So would would you? Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. And that's, but again, teach their own. Exactly. Teach their own. That's capitalism. Let's come back to capitalism. Hey, if you're happy doing what you're doing and you can find a way to make money, uh, I think that brings up an interesting. And one one other thing. I, I know I, I cut you off there. I think it's about the third or fourth time I've done that in the past couple of episodes. Just let it rip. I'm, I'm working on it. Um, She no longer bottles up her farts or flatulence. Um, I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit PC there, but no, her, her farts. She's actually selling NFTs of like fart like jars. Uh, so I think her business model continues. It's evolved a little bit, but in the form of an NFT. Hey, which is well, didn't we talk about that in the first, like the well, second episode, we talked about how businesses can evolve. I mean, I guess she figured it out. Her Maybe her plan long-term was just to build a successful business. And in between that, she realized if I can fart and make money, like that's, let's go down that rabbit hole. I think we need to find a way to get her on the podcast. Would be such a good one. As long as she doesn't fart during the podcast. Yeah. If you're out there, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know your name. I forget. We'd love to have you. We'd love to have you on. Let's make it happen. I want to, I honestly want to know how you identified that target market. Yeah, for real. That's what that's what I want to know. But yeah, back back to capitalism. That that's just a big topic to unpack. Like, 
what what are your stances on you know capitalism and like i guess business is is you know uh another parallel with that. Like, what do you like about, you know, running your own business? Cause you've had prior experience, uh, running, uh, parody. Um, so, so why, why am I like passionate about it? Why do I want to run my own business? Why, why is that something that's like, a big part of my life is what you're asking? Yeah. Or if you're new to maybe wanting to run a business, like why, why would you get into it? I know those are kind of two separate questions, but well, you've just- got to have that. Why? I mean, you can't, yeah. and it can't be, it can't be wishy-washy in my opinion, because if you're going to go after something, you have to understand exactly what you want out of that. Yep. And it can be, again, it can be a passion project. It can be a social media account. It can be bottling your farts, whatever it is that you're going to do. Uh, for, for me as, as a, as a man and as a, as a person and why I personally like to it. Uh, and I say the word personal a lot there, by the way, I'm gonna try to look for a different word, but I enjoy being able to set the tone and I enjoy creating my own, my own future. So it's, it's not necessarily just, you can't, it's not only about entrepreneurship. Not everybody's going to go out and run or build their own empire, build their own business. No, that's not, that's not good for society. You you want people that, uh, you know, are there to make sure things are running well with a particular company. I mean, that's where I am in my life. Like, Mm -hmm. I do not own a business, but I'd like to get involved again as being a business owner or a co-owner. Um, and yeah, it's certainly acceptable to, you know, but you're, but you're making an impact in where you're at right now as well. Yeah. And you're, and, and, and for some people, and I think when you get into this topic of business, people like to, I hear jump to entrepreneurship, like, right. And, and I'm a born entrepreneur, but you can also be entrepreneurial in the, the Avenue you're in. So, I guess I guess backtracking to like my passion and the reason I believe so much in it is one one reason number one is with capitalism, which the understanding of capitalism is that you can grow something to as big as small as you want, and it's, and it's under your control. Now, obviously, you've got um, we live in the most capitalistic country in the world in the USA, and, I, and I'm super super excited to be here and be living here. Um, but you've got if you don't like it, get out. What I had to sprinkle that in there. If you don't like living yeah, in USA, go try somewhere else. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Not not to downplay any other countries, but yeah. I, I think I live in the best country in the world. Amen. Uh, so I believe that there's a a fundamental beauty in that control over your livelihood and the control over how you live your how you go about things, and whether you are just starting off, whether you come from a uh, not so uh, you know, come from uh, from less means than somebody else. Whether you grew up in a household that he had plenty of money and you never wanted for anything, or you came from a, a, a less well off background and you you had to work tirelessly to get where you want to go. Um, I obviously understand there's there that's a, that's a very touchy topic. There are people that are underprivileged and stuff like that, but I do think it gives people the opportunity. Capitalism does, especially. Business and in the, the ever changing world we live in, this day and age, twenty first century, there are so many opportunities out there to be able to take advantage of that. So the point I was making, Hayden, to to wrap that up is for me uh, in my life and what I've seen the beauty of and growing up in an entrepreneurial household too, uh, seeing seeing my dad and and family and other friends. I've got family up in Michigan and and, and friends like you that have and I've done it and I've gone down the entre- entrepreneurial path. Uh, it's not for everyone and, and it can be done in different facets, but 
I, I like to build and create myself and get uh, and create value. So there's that, that benefit of, you know, if you can offer something that's going to make a, a tad bit of difference, it's going to create value and value doesn't necessarily have to mean um, that you're creating something that's going to feed the uh, hungry. Um, that's, that's important. Don't get me wrong, but if you can create value, that's a, that's a rewarding feel, feeling. So yeah, what you're saying is it doesn't matter if the value might only touch, and I'm just making up numbers here, 10,000 people versus, you know, curing world hunger, you know, as long as you feel like you're creating value for the end consumer, like that's meaningful for you. That's super person. meaningful. That's super meaningful because that, that means I'm what I'm doing. I'm not wasting my time. Yep. Right. And time is our most precious asset. Wow, I've never heard that. Before. It's a depreciating asset too. You know that, right? Yep. It's not something you're getting more of. It's something you're getting less of. It's the like timer is on. Unless you buy a classic, you go buy a brand new Ford Mustang. You drive it off a lot, you lose money. Every day you spend on something that you don't love or something that you're not getting value out of and being productive with, and that's where I love business is that you can find different ways to do that. And of course, again, going back to capitalism, it's a very uh, a very exciting uh, way to to think about the world we live in and especially the country we live in. I think there's a lot of adjectives that you could apply with capitalism, but yeah, I, I agree with everything that you uh, said there. Um, for me, just being uh, you know an entrepreneur in the past myself, it's just it's really rewarding to yeah one create things um, and, and break things and learn from them um, and, and being able to share that out with the world. Uh, and that's not to say that you can't get that, you know, working uh, a nine to five job, but uh, historically speaking, when you are working, you know, that nine to five job, uh, you're being told, and I said, you know, more times than not, you're, you're being told what to do. Now, when you're a business owner, you kind of get to make those decisions yourself, um, trial and error at times. But I guess to kind of tie this all together, you want to make sure no matter uh, whether or not you work, uh, for, um, a company or you have your own company, you always want to make sure you're starting with the, uh, why or the business problem. Um, because if it's something that a customer doesn't have any issue with, and it's like, well, why am I building said product or service, which I guess can be debunked after we learn someone's selling flatulence online, but maybe that does solve some type of customer problem, but I really don't know what kind of customer problem they're having. Fart fetish. Yeah. Well. If you're not getting enough of them, <laughs> there you go. There's your target market. I still want to understand how we, how she narrowed that down. So I, I guess the one uh, good takeaway from that is you can literally do almost anything. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to contra- I'm not going to contradict you. I'm going to, I'm going to question uh, your comp, your comment on entrepreneurship, because I think that is not something that I want people to hear us saying that's the only route. And that's not what you're saying, correct? You're just saying for you as an individual. It's absolutely the only route. Oh, yeah. No, you're right to bring that up. It's certainly not. Um, But you and I definitely are like-minded people. Now we have our differences. Um, But yeah, we're kind of, uh, we've been a bit with the uh, startup bug and that's something that we like to do. But there's certainly meaning to working that nine to five job. And we certainly want people out there that are motivated and want to do that. Listen, there's a lot of people out there. Yeah, exactly. And, and, And you can get a part of an organization that's that you're part of that team and you're or you're leading a team or you're innovating and you're creating that 
entrepreneurial spirit with inside of that. So again, me and me and Hayden, we do have that bug. We've had it. We've run our own startups before. And I totally agree with you that that's, that's something you, once you've got it, it's hard to shake. It's hard to shake. Yeah, it certainly is. But you brought up another good point there. You know, some of these larger corporations uh, have understood that you still want to kind of create that, you know, startup mentality. uh, And you start to see more and more places do that. Um, And, you know, where I am today at Kroger, we kind of are under that uh, line of thinking and philosophy um, where we, we do want to try new things and it's a collective group of people that kind of come together and want to, you know, build something new and, you know, solve customer pain points or problems in the grocery industry. So, um, you know, kind of contradicting myself, uh, there is less of, okay, this is a top down order coming from, you know, the CEO, um, it's a lot more customer research that's going on uh, and feedback that we're receiving. And then, you know, a whole bunch of smart people uh, put their minds together saying, hey, we've received this. You know, we think that we can do X, Y, and Z to solve said uh, issue. Um, and that's a really fun thing uh, about where I am today at Kroger. And I know a lot of other companies are operating under under that no i I appreciate you like you hit that and and i'm gonna come i'm gonna kind of throw you a different question about business why did you choose to go after i know we talked about this previously i would like to understand more hayden i don't know this why did you start a e-commerce clothing company and where did you see a lot? Where did what did you learn? Maybe a couple, which couple, maybe two things you learned from that experience. I think you've touched on it, but maybe a little bit, elaborate a little bit more. And where did you, where, where did you ultimately like see your shortcomings? Because I, I I can answer that for parity, but I'd love to understand like why like why, and where did you find success and learn, and and where did you see some shortcomings with that? And what, and, and third question. So these are, these are multiple. Man, you're asking me a lot of questions I, I, here. I got to keep are, track of all these. Are coming, these are coming, these are coming. good. They're coming uh, organically as I think about it. And why are you still so excited about entrepreneurship? Well, let me start with why I'm so excited about entrepreneurship. One, it's getting out there and learning and starting something new. Um, and you can say that, I did this. Now, don't take that too literally. You definitely need to partner with people that can help run your your business more times than not, that is. Um, but it's super rewarding and meaningful for me at the end of the day when I lay my head down saying, hey, you know, I went out and tried to solve this problem um, and I'm responsible for it. And at the same time, if you have some employees, it's really meaningful to say, hey, I've provided these people, um, you know, opportunities to help out, you know, others solve said problem um, and partner with me. And that provides meaning and value in their life. So that's why I'm just always excited about, you know, entrepreneurship and uh, just startups in general. Um, well, one, one thing to add to that, you get to pick when you're an entrepreneur, right? Or you're a leader of a business, you get that opportunity to to choose who you're surrounding yourself with to bring into that fold. Yep. And so, then you're not going, well, let me just pick minions. Let me, let me find 
people that are very good at this and very intelligent at that. And let me, let me find somebody that's an expert at this. and I'm not. And then you get to bring in like-minded individuals. I will interrupt you though, and kind of, uh, counter that. Uh, I, I don't know if you necessarily need to always bring in like-minded individuals. It's good to find that healthy balance. Like you yeah, and I, yeah. and I know I, I probably took that a little bit, uh, different. You took, it, you took it more literally. What I was getting at, and you, you can finish was what I was getting at is like-minded as in they see the problem you're trying to solve. Yeah. And they're, they're behind it. Exactly. Yep. They have that shared vision or mission <laughs> shared. <laughs> I can't speak today. Shared just let it rip. Vision and mission. There we go. No mission. Man, mission. it's mission. My brain is broken today. That's all right. I got it out there. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's super important to make sure that, yeah, you are bringing on the right people. Um, you want to make sure that they have, yeah, the shared principles as well. It's probably a better way of, of putting it. Um, but to go back to answer some of your other questions, you know, why did I want to start an e-commerce clothing company? One, I've always been, uh, interested, um, in clothing. Uh, I feel like I have a pretty good, uh, sense, uh, or taste in, in style and what's, you know, uh, up and coming, um, which clothing is very tough. You know, it might be in style for one season and then the next season, you know, no one wants to wear it and you got to do like some pretty big style, so go for it. Yeah. That's a pretty nice uh, Bengals uh, hoodie you got on there. It's though. his. It's his Bengals <laughs> yeah, It's his Bengals hoodie. Anyhow, yeah, I've just been uh, always passionate uh, in fashion uh, and design. So kind of wanted to blend that uh, passion together then with like the business uh, aspect and trying to sell my own stuff. Um, which this will kind of tie into your, your question around like shortcomings. You're like, what did I learn? Just because you build something doesn't mean someone is going to, you know, come out and buy your product, uh, whether it's a physical good or a service. Um, that's not to say that I didn't have, uh, transactions. I certainly did, uh, but definitely didn't grow to where I wanted it to be. Um, so that was a pretty big lesson there. And it also ties into, yeah, what business problem am I solving or customer problem? Sorry. Am I solving? Um, and I, I don't know if I had a great answer for what problem I was solving other than I thought that there wasn't a great, um, lifestyle clothing brand in the, the market. Now I was inspired and motivated by like, uh, life is good. Always loved that company growing up. Um, uh, mom and dad always bought me some t-shirts and hats. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with life is good. They've got those stick figures, uh, playing all sorts of Did different they have sports. Those in the back? Like, they were like, like Jeep wheel covers yeah. too. I saw yeah, those all they, over they, the place. They still are. And I actually have, uh, a life is good sticker on my car um, that I recently got. Yeah. I've always aligned with that. So yeah, I, I gained some inspiration from a company like that, but I just didn't think that there was a very, very big player in that space. Um, or at least at the time, uh, that's what I thought. Um, so that's kind of why I wanted to, you know, start Siwi um, is to be that true lifestyle brand that had a broader catalog of products. Because yes, Life is Good had some hats and t-shirts, but I really wanted to start to get into uh, some higher end clothing, which that obviously didn't come to fruition, but that was, you know, the game plan at one point in time. Um, and then just another thing that I learned, which I touched on it in uh, episode two, I believe, um, about who we are. It's another great episode to listen into. If go you check it out. don't remember, don't know who we are, go check that out. Exactly. 
um, but analytics, uh, making sure that you have analytics in place to measure uh, how things are performing and then learning to optimize and make, you know, data-driven decisions. That was a very, very big thing that I learned. Didn't learn uh, everything, but learned, you know, just the foundations of making sure that you've got the right tracking in place and making sure that you are looking at the right metrics. And again, as I had touched on, on episode two, that's kind of how it got my foot in the door. Uh, at a bigger company such as PNG and now at Kroger. And that's something I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to, I mean, we're speaking directly to each other about, that's something I want to learn from you more is, is the analytical side and, and determining how to track those metrics and stuff like that. That's something I know you've, you've gotten very, very ingrained with. Yeah. I, I don't think there's one answer, uh, but yeah, there's, there's certainly a lot to be Teach learned in that, in that space. And I'm not going to say that I'm an expert because I'm far from that. But uh, yeah, analytics are fascinating. Um, but at the same time, I recognize that they don't always provide uh, the right level of insight. And that's where you've got to get that uh, qualitative uh, feedback from customers. So there's a balance there. But yeah, we can talk more about that uh, in a future episode. Perfect. Perfect. No, I, I appreciate you... Uh... You telling me, like, I, I didn't, I think we've talked about it. We, we've kind of hit on it, but I didn't understand why you started that. I, mean, I, I had no idea. So there was a lot more to it than just, oh, cool. I'll start my own clothing brand. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there, there always is, or there should be, right? Um, you want to make sure that you are sharing your story uh, with your consumer. Um, and yeah, that was something that I wanted to start, uh, when I was really young, um, and was able to do it, uh, in college and ran it for three years, learned a lot and yeah, um, unfortunately, uh, shut that down, but you know, maybe, uh, I start something back up in the, the future that could potentially be, uh, related to clothing, maybe not. Um, uh, but yeah, enough about me in that past, what, are you looking forward to? Cause I know you still have the entrepreneurial bug uh, or the startup bug. Like, are you looking to start something new in the next couple of years, maybe within the next six months, maybe you're not willing to share any information just yet. Oh, stealth mode is what they call it, right? Stealth mode. Um, that's a good question. And the answer is who knows, who knows if I find something that's a great idea and I, and I, I can latch onto it. I think this was a, a, a good way Starting this podcast and getting together with you is, is a great way to get that going. I think uh, the answer most likely is is yes. It's just got to be the right opportunity, uh, and then I'll jump for it. What would the right opportunity or the right idea be for you? Or like, what are some characteristics? Well, it's got to have value. There's got to be a need for it, and I think that's something that you have to dive into a little bit more. Certainly, so that goes back to what I said around finding what that customer problem is yeah, and starting with that. I think I can tie it back into. Um, my success and where I, my, my startup, my previous company where we had success and where we didn't have success, Hayden was, uh, in a few different areas, understanding, um, some critical things going into it, but then missing the boat, uh, literally and figuratively like on, on where we needed to go to get that value across and also bring in new consumers. I believe that if you're going to sell something, you don't want to spend too much time just building it. You want to actually launch it, get feedback and get, get create value quickly. MVP, MVP, minimal viable. Product. And I believe that uh, going back to, to my startup experience with the, the pool monitor, the pool water monitor, and then, as we transition into the aquaculture technology, where I think we spent too much time was focusing on competitors 
and focusing on the data we could find through journals and through uh, also like, you know, you, you, you get a lot of good sounding boards, but you also get a lot of echo chambers. And I think for me to jump back into a, a startup, which it's on my mind, it's, it's something I want to do. It's, it's got to create value. And then there's got to be a, a quick way to release an MVP that people can, can try out, can see, can you get feedback? Mm-hmm. And the ceiling's got to be higher. The ceiling can't be, you know, when I go back to my, my water quality monitoring solution with, with, with Parity Water, where we fell short was the lack of market in the U.S., um, there was, there's just, there's not a lot of shrimp farms and yep. fish farms and uh, indoor aquaculture. So recirculating indoor systems that you don't, there's not a lot of that. There's not a lot of space. And in the West, the Southern part of the United States, you've got to be in certain climates or you can do it indoors. Um, but you've also got to have that need. You've got to have the right price points. And we were missing the biggest critical factor of that was there was not a big enough market here for what we were trying to do. And to take that overseas, we needed to have a completely different approach we, uh, because, you know, over in Asia, down in South America, Central America, you know, Ecuador being a, one of the largest shrimp producers in the world, uh, as far as farming and output, um, you've got to be able to compete at a very low price level. You've got to deal with like cellular connectivity. You've got to deal with all these different factors. So we... Do you think the demand has changed at all in the United States? I think the demand's going to continue to go up. I just don't think it was there yet. And it might be down. Maybe you're ahead of your time there, potentially, too. We, we, we definitely were. But there were, several other, there were several other aspects, I think, that we, we did a lot right. I mean, we jumped into it. We, we raised seed funding, you know, pre-seed funding. We uh, made the connections. Um, again, I think not identifying the size market that we could hit here. And then crafting an MVP around that, you know, because I think we were ahead of our time with what we were offering, but not here um, because the, the market demand wasn't here for a, a monitoring system that was that, that first of all, that expensive. It was very costly. And uh, farming as, a, as an aquaculture space, fish and shrimp farming specifically, uh, are, are behind the times with, as far as technology goes. So uh, agriculture, and this is where I'm getting a little bit in the weeds, but agriculture is, believe it or not, one of the most technologically advanced uh, uh, industries yeah. in the world. I mean, the equipment, the technology, the science, it's unbelievably light years ahead of, of fish and shrimp farming. Aren't people building vertical farming, I think is what they call it, where they're like towers and it's oh, not actual. Absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah. And there's a, there's a, it's not farm. I can't remember. It's farm fresh or something. There's a place in Wisconsin actually that we, we interviewed one of the founders of, I can't remember the name to save my life, but they have an indoor, uh, it's a, a horticulture. They're growing plants, but they're, they have a indoor salmon farming and they're actually they have like recirculating systems where they're using salmon poop to fertilize the plants, but it's all indoors. It's in Wisconsin. We might have to take a field trip there. Unbelievable. So, yeah. uh, moral of the story is, I, I guess for me, yeah, I do. I, I do want to get into it. And there's there's things I've learned not to do, not to do. I've also learned a ton about like, hey, either what are, you, what, are, what are those things that you've learned not to do? I don't want to get into hardware. I'm right there with you. I don't want to get into hardware. I, I and and that being that being, I don't want to build my own hardware. You can have 
cross correlation with software that's supported by hardware that's already out there. But I don't want to create software that becomes an addiction no. to users, just like we talked about in our last yeah, episode. I want something valuable. Um, so I think the software space for me, uh, whether it's an app, whether it's a an integration, it's got to be something that that for me is is software based. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it can't. And and so hardware was one of them. Just the amount of capital it takes mm-hmm. to go into that. Uh, and I would say, again, the passion behind Parity Water was huge. Uh, but I think we would approach it differently if we thought a little bit more about. You know, we went from the pool monitor and we just switched and we went and it was great and we raised money and we had, I made unbelievable connections and my team was unbelievable, but I would say to jump back into it, it's definitely something that I would look more the software side specifically, strictly software and um, understanding that like I'm in the U S yep. so I've got to have, I eventually I want it to be global. I want, I want a service. I want to be, you know, I want something to be, that can be expanded internationally but it's got to be an opportunity that's i'm in my backyard so to speak yeah i I think you're dreaming big there and i think that's awesome i think there's going to be big things that come big dreams only on here big dreams only yeah i I love it um yeah no i would have never guessed um but i agree with you about the the whole hardware thing i think it's tough having physical goods um and yeah, certainly everything these days seems like it's, you know, in the digital world or some type of software. So it'd be uh, interesting to get into that space. One last thing I would add too is one of the things I did learn is to, it's great to swing for the fences. You want to, you want to have these big aspirations, but we talked about this before when you're going to go for something major or something big and something game changing, right? You got to go all in. You got to go all That's in. That's my philosophy. Always got to, you got to go on. You got to be committed. You got to be invested in it. And it's not just money. It's time. Consistency. It's discipline. It's consistency. And you also need to break it down into smaller steps. Meaning I want this, but if I don't plan on how I'm going to get there and be, and adapt along the way, You've got to have a plan for that. And and so like I would say to also to listeners out there, uh, one of my new philosophies and one one you should follow if you're thinking about starting your own business or or starting a career path is be okay with the work it's gonna to take to get there. Don't change your end goal. It might it might change, but don't change your end goal. I I think uh taking those small steps and you take enough of them towards the right the right uh end goal, I think that is that's huge. Yeah, you're you're talking about uh, hitting some milestones and gaining that momentum on your way to uh, your your end in mind or your your goal. Hit hit a few base hits, hit a base hit, and then steal second, go for third, and round for home. But if you swing, if you're swinging for for the fences right off the bat, that's great. But you gotta be okay to lay. You gotta be all right with laying down a bunt sometimes. Now, one last thing before we wrap things up for today, I, I would also, from my experience, and again, you're gonna hear other opinions out there on this, and really, the the big one that we hear uh, is when you're running uh, your own business, or you're getting involved in a startup, you gotta work, you know, ridiculous amount of hours, 80, 90 hours. I think that's complete bullshit. Do I think it happens a lot? I don't know if it happens a lot. I don't have a an actual data point on me, but I think a lot of it is probably smoke and mirrors or it's not truly 80 or 90 hours. Someone might log, you know, a conversation that they're having late at night, whether that's over text, emails as they're working. And if that's your definition of working, then so be it. But 
when you hear that people are working, you know, 80, 90 hours, you know, that just doesn't sound accurate. And if it is, that just doesn't sound, you know, healthy it doesn't or sound sustainable. healthy. Yeah, yeah. Not at all. So yeah, point being, I, I don't think you necessarily need to be putting in 80 or 90 hours a week, but at the same time, maybe you do, depending on whatever uh, it is uh, you're, you're doing, whatever your venture is. Um, but I know for sure that I was not putting in 80 or 90 hours a week. And hey, maybe that's why I didn't succeed. Hey, well, I no, I don't think that's it. I, I think to that point, too, you made a good point. Uh, actually, in our last, our last episode, you talked about deep work. And I, I like to tie that back in because I think what I hear you're saying, and I agree with, uh, we don't always agree, but I agree with that. If you're, if you're focused and you're trying to accomplish a task or, or, or an initiative or a project and you use that deep work kind of mentality, meaning you give it your attention, uh, you take the time to prepare yourself for that. You don't need 80 or 90 hours. And time, time doesn't necessarily mean that you're producing anything of value. You know, if you're, again, I 100% agree is that some people, they might not, they might need 80 or 90 hours. If you're a farmer, you have to spend a lot of physical time taking care of the pigs, work with the cows. I mean, there's, there are some, some, jobs and businesses that you, you can't get around that yeah but there's a lot sure. of there's a lot of things in life that that's a cop-out is what you're saying i mean yeah 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 I, that's I, what I, you're I, saying i, that's I guess what you're so saying. yeah there, there's no need for me to be uh pc on that but yeah i think uh we've all heard it oh i work you know 80 90 hours a week uh with you know my my startup uh you know that to me uh just doesn't sound accurate but yeah, to each their own. Doesn't sound appealing either. Yeah, exactly. Well, I say we uh, wrap things up. I think this is another great uh, episode, though. Got into a little bit more about uh, business, uh, some of our uh, learnings and wisdom. Again, um, you know, we're we're still learning, and it sounds like you know uh, we might both get involved in you know uh, new ventures down the road, but. Again, we don't really know what the future holds. If I could predict the future, as I tell people, I wouldn't be sitting where I am right now. Um, but you never know. No, I I, uh, I I 100% agree with that. I think things, big things, are coming uh, in different different facets for us. Um, obviously, can't predict what that's going to be, but but stay tuned and and we'll we'll keep grinding for it. Catching green lights. Catching good good book, by the way. That's a great. Can we get book. Matthew McConaughey on here? Yeah, let's do it. All right, all right, all right. Matthew, if you're out there listening, we'd love to have you on. Call oh, and hate fantastic from Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, look at that. We're doing uh, free marketing for you. Well, cool. Let's uh, wrap things up for day to today. I, I can't speak over here. Well, I'm, it's your I'm, vision. I'm stuck it's just your vision today. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so thank you all for uh, tuning in. Really appreciate uh, your time. Uh, can't say thank you enough. And as always, have a wonderful week. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you, guys.